Hey, what's good? This is Rich, and you're listening to Paychecks and Balances, a podcast about the intersection of work, money, and life. So whether you're trying to get out of debt, into a new career, or into a better mindset and mental space, I've got you covered. And I held off on releasing last week's episode because I was waiting to share some good news, and it's officially in. And I also wanted to have Zach Nunn on for part two of the conversation that we started on PB175, Protect Your Mental. So in this episode, we're going to talk about playing the game in corporate America, navigating these spaces, investing in self, parenting, and a lot more. Also, since this episode is leaning to the career side of things, I wanted to remind you to pick up my free five-step guide to changing your day job by visiting changeyourdayjob.com. Again, that's changeyourdayjob.com. So if you're struggling with idea or action when it comes to making a career move, I created this guide for you. And these are also the same steps that I've used to navigate my career and also part of the good news that I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode today. So without much further ado, here's my conversation with Zach, and I hope you enjoy. Yo, Zach, welcome back to the podcast, man. Rich, what's going on, man? Not much, man. It's uh, it's good times. I'm in a season, man. I'm in a season, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But I know you were on for the podcast back in the fall, we had a fantastic conversation, and there was a part two that it took us a while to get to, but we're getting back to today about playing the game in corporate America, which also ties to what I wanted to talk about. But since we talked in October, what's been going on with you, man? Man, October. You know, first of all, it's an honor to be back, so thank you for having me. Um, as I think about, you know, the fall, I think the, I think what's really been going on is just fatherhood, man, right? Like. You know, you know, you and I talk offline, got a baby girl. Her name is Emery. You know, at the time of us recording this, she is a, a right under 12 months old. She, her birthday is next week. Wow. And, just out of Pisces season. Man. And, you know, it's been it's been wild just watching her grow. And so, you know, I would say that's the first thing. It's just been fatherhood. And then, of course, I uh, paired with that for me is is marriage. You know, we wife and I just like growing together and becoming parents. And then third, you know, in, in that context is like, as we kind of pr- just prioritize and figure out what's really important is, is this job, right? Like my, you know, the nine to five in addition to living corporate and really trying to figure out like from a career perspective, where, what am I looking for? What am I trying to do? How does this fit into the life I want to have? And it's, it's wild because I continue to think about my life through the lens of my daughter. So like, okay, mm. what do I want my daughter, what do I want my daughter to say about her father in 10 years, right? Or in 30 years, when she thinks back about her childhood and she thinks about me, you know, what do I want her to say? Like what 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 do I want that experience her experience to be? And that directly informs, right? Like my career choices and focuses right. on a day-to-day basis right now. So you asked me what's been going on, you know, um, you know, those are the big, big life things. And then I would say smaller than that, man, living corporate. Living corporate continues to grow. Uh, we were on CBS this morning back in uh, February, which was really cool. Um, we've had some uh, nice, other- man. Yeah, man. We've had some other really cool opportunities to uh, just continue to, to grow our platform. We have some new- some new things coming um, that we're excited about, and just we're just we're just pushing forward, man. I love it, man. So for people who aren't familiar with Living Corporate, I know we 
defined it a little bit on the last episode, but if people didn't catch that one, what's Living Corporate about? Yeah, so Living Corporate is a digital media network that creates content that centers and amplifies Black and brown folks at work. So it is, it falls within the diversity, equity, inclusion space, but we don't use that language, right? Like we don't use, um, we don't use that type of language. We, we're really just speaking the real of navigating spaces as those, as a marginalized person, or historically marginalized person, and then you know sharing practical insights and and points of view along the way in that regard, right? So it's just it's very much so like when you sit down and you talk to your friend at work, you talk to a potential mentor at work, and they're giving you that real talk. We're just trying to have real talk, man. Yeah, definitely. And I've been following the platform, and I know we've been in contact for a while now, and it's been. Super impressive to see how much it's grown and how much content y'all are able to pump out on a regular basis. I'm low-key salty about it sometimes. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. I, I wish I could produce that much content. But the, the other thing you said that really resonated, because I was talking to my therapist yesterday, and it was around parenting and having kids and you know pr- progressing my relationship and all of this other stuff. And... I just got like so anxious and I still get anxious. I mean, I feel anxious even right now, like like the thought of like raising a human and yeah, what man. that means for my life. Yeah, and man. I think I've had like this fear of like everything just like stop. So between now and the time I have a family, like I got to hustle because after that is over, but I see people with families thriving. But for me, it feels like I'm not going to have this time to be able to focus on this thing that's really important. So how have you been able to manage that all? Well, you know, uh, my faith is really important to me, man. So I got to give credit to God first because it's really not possible. Like I, I look up my wife. It's so funny that you asked that because my wife, Candace, asked the same thing today. She was like, she's like, you know, what you, you've been incredible because so my wife is an educator. So she's outside of the home uh, for at least half the day. And then she works the rest of the day at home. And so for the first half of the day, it's just me and Emery. And, you know, I'm a consultant. I'm working from home. But for those who don't know, big four consulting and just consulting in general, like tech consulting is time consuming. Right. And like I had a really good year. Like I've done some really dope stuff. And this is not a podcast about me like that, but I've been busy is my point. And so as I look up, I don't really know, Rich. I, I think I think honestly, it's about simply I think it's about being honest with yourself about like where your priorities are and then like just not wavering on those things. Right. Like, you know. My wife and I, we kind of have this like, we kind of like moved like college kids before we had Emory, right? Like, so staying up late, kind of just, you know, we get up. We, if we want to go somewhere, we just go. If we want to do this, we just, we're just, just, and we're young, right? Like we're young, relatively speaking. I'm 31 years old, right? So, and we I got- I hate ma- you. Uh, <laughs> seven years. I got, I got seven years on you. No way. <laughs> Oh, man, you're hydrated. Yeah. Man. You, okay, man, keep drinking your water, Rich. You look great, Yo, man. I know. I'm over here drinking this uh, mountain or uh, monster energy drink, and I'm like, I really need to be drinking oh, water you gotta and put keeping that, my skin Pharrell. Yeah, you got to you know? yeah, keep put that down, baby. You look, because I, I I definitely thought we was, I mean, we're, first of all, relatively speaking, we are the same age, but I, I, I really thought that you were like 30. Um, so anyway, yeah. so the point, the point. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Hey, man, you're welcome. Um, so so the, the point is, is that, um, you know, it's about just being honest about, okay, look, where are priorities? Okay, I need to go to bed early. I can't be playing this game all night. I can't be um, eating whatever. I can't be drinking whatever, right? I got to take care of myself. So because my priorities and my just where my my focuses are are different, I got to keep this little human alive. What you just said about all that anxiety, that's real. 
I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. It's it's real, man. Taking care of a, another human being is crazy. And the other thing is, like, you know, you know, on the weekend, you know, like you say, you know, we work throughout the week. We work throughout the week. We're doing our thing. And, and, and we, we look up and we say, oh, it's the weekend. Oh, like, I'm so happy it's the weekend. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But when you have kids, there is no weekend like that. Like you're getting, you have to get up, right? And you're going to have to, you get up at the same time. Now, how you decide to spend your day with your child, okay, that's, that's one thing, but you got to get up, right? Like there is no yeah. break. And, you know, and I think that's where for me, I'm like, wow, okay, this, this parenthood thing is, is real. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm trying to, I have to, I need to start. <laughs> <laughs> imagining because I'm already in old dad territory. And it's funny how generations kind of repeat themselves in some ways where, mm. you know, I was uh, the product of my parents' marriage, but I think my dad was like 40 at the time and mm. my mom was 36 or my dad might even been a little bit older than that. I'm like, I'm on the same path. And it's even the same thing with my boys, the ones who have kids versus the ones who don't, at least the ones who did it intentionally. So uh, it's, mm. it's crazy kind of like thinking about that and even thinking about that in the context of, okay, all of these benefits, even benefits that we may have access to at work or that I have access to at work that don't mean anything right now because I don't have a family, but those things that are going to become like a lot more important later on. Right. You know? Right. Uh, it, like I have to start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I got to start thinking about my own habits in terms of like when I wake up and I got to start thinking about you know, my own habits in terms of even uh, how I'm putting money aside, you know, like, like right now I don't have like a child's college fund. Good to go. Like, I I don't, (laughs) I don't have that. I mean, I can start putting money into it. You know, the, the money is there to contribute to that, but that's not something that exists today. You know, I don't have a, a uh, house fund yet, but it's, it's something that I'm, I'm thinking about. And it's something that I've talked to my financial planner about, but like, that's like a, a a thing to, to, talk about and think about. So um, all that to say, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. But you know what you do have, Rich, is that you have the things in place where you can like, you have the structure is what I'm trying to say. You have the structure, you have the therapist, you have uh, the financial planner, you have the partner. So it's not, it's not like you're, you know, when, when that decision is made, right. And you're ready to mobilize. It's not like, oh man, I got to fundamentally like create new things it's like no you just you know there, you have a system kind of, you already have the structure set up so it's about just plugging into that structure that you've already like worked to build and i so, mean I, i'm creating a new thing though it's creating a human <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i'm so you're no you're absolutely right so it, so the thing about it is there is no amount of structure that you're going to be able to create to like make it easy so like i'm not that's not what i'm trying to say but i guess what i am saying yeah. is is that you know, you're putting yourself, you're in position, you're in much better position than, than you, than you could be, right? Like you're, you're in good position is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you some encouragement. I think that, um, I, I think that the big thing, the big thing has to do with like, you know, just being ready, like in, in turn, and no one's ever ready. But what I mean is like, you know, you're going into the, like being intentional. So all the things you're talking about and like you, I don't think that you can take having a kid too serious because it's, it's a big deal. Like I, I would never, you know, I would never downplay that. And I remember feeling like you felt, um, and I was like, man, this is a human being. Like I'm so, I'm responsible for their whole life. Right. And I yeah. think about that, like, you know, Emery wakes up, <laughs> Emery wakes up and she's like, you know, she, she's looking for one of us and she, it's not just like, Oh, cause she wants to hang out. Like, no, she needs us to survive. 
And I think about that, like, that is mind-blowing to me. And the fact that we've kept her alive for years is also crazy. I, I ain't know, Richard. I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I just can't believe that she's about to be a year old. Anyway, what I'm excited about is I hear what you're talking about, is that you do have things in place. I don't have a financial planner. I mean, I talk to my pops, right? But I don't yeah. have, like, someone who's, like, dedicated in this space to do this with me. Like, that's not, that's not where I'm at. So even that is dope. And I have and I have folks that I talk to for therapy and I have people and I have, you know, I have a doctor's appointment coming up really soon to talk to somebody. But I don't have like a a, a, a steady therapist yet. Hmm. Right. I don't. Now, I want one. I'm still looking for that one. Right. I've had I've 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 been on I don't want to call it dates, but I've I've been looking yeah. ar- I've been looking around. So the, you have the things is what I'm trying to tell you, I think. And I think that's dope. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And that probably applies to a lot of people who are listening to who think they don't have it all together, but they have more than they think. And it's funny, even you saying that it's like super meta therapisty because my therapist is always saying you have all the tools you need. Like Mm -hmm. she's consistently saying that, like you have everything you need. It's just all the mental stuff and everything Mm -hmm. else that you got to continue to work through. But as far as like what you need on a day-to-day basis to get stuff done, to be successful, to have a family, you have all those things. You're just always focused on the next thing and you're always focused on perfection. And the sooner you can accept that you're going to make some mistakes along the way, the easier a lot of that stuff becomes and uh, the more grace you're going to give yourself as as part of the process. Man, it sounds like I need to talk to your therapist. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, bad. So uh, I did want to talk a little bit about some uh, good news before we get into the meat of the conversation. And uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long while, a little while, you follow on social media, you know, I've always been deep in the career streets in addition to talking about personal finance. So a lot of people think that personal finance is like my primary thing. And it's one of the things that I'm good at, but I'm actually super passionate about career development, career progression, career advancement. And uh, for the past couple of years... I've been working in internal communications and change management within Google Staffing Organization, and I am super excited to share that I'm going to be transitioning to the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, working on retention and progression for historically marginalized folks at the company who are struggling or may feel that they're at a crossroads. So uh, more than 50% of my role is like coaching, man. And then there's like an advocacy component to it as well in terms of amplifying the voices and and the feedback that I'm hearing. And when it's performance review season, making sure that folks are are getting a fair shake and and kind of being that uh, extra voice in the room, you know, and having access to leadership and you know, helping uh, folks find their their happy place within the company. So it, it really feels like the intersection of uh, what I'm passionate about in terms of DEI and, uh, and folks advancing in the workplace. Also, what I'm passionate about in terms of helping people navigate their careers and then uh, even, you know, having a platform. I see this podcast as a platform to give people a voice. And uh, now I get to do that in an even more meaningful way at work. So it feels like I'm I'm really, really aligning with my purpose. So I'm super excited. And uh, Zach, I know we talked about it beforehand. I wanted to have you on for this specifically, just given a lot of the conversations that we've had, uh, what Living Corporate is about, right. what I know you stand for, right. and uh, just, yeah, there's just a, so much more that I, I I have to say and so much more that I have to do in this space. And I'm excited to 
formally be in it, even though I know it's probably going to be the most emotionally exhausting role <laughs> that I'll ever have. But uh, at the same time, it's going to be probably the most fulfilling position that I've ever had. And uh, I'm, I'm also, you know, feeling privileged and, and, and grateful to even be able to say that, like, for the last couple of roles of my career, I've been able to say, like, this is the best position that I've ever had. This is the best position that I've ever had. So even that progression for self in this season that I'm having feels awesome. So, yeah, man, it's about to be uh, on and popping. So two more weeks, you know, in this current role, then taking a week off to relax, get some side project, PB, show starter stuff yep. done on the side. And then I'm starting the new role, man. Well, first of all, I mean, congratulations, right? Like, you know, if this was if this was living corporate, this is where I would, you know, I drop some air horns or something because I mean, yeah. this, is, this is this is wild. Like and and I, and I think it's super dope. Very few people are able to connect their their passion outside of their job with what they're doing in their nine to fives. If they if people have if for those folks who have nine to fives. Right. So, like, that's just a rare thing to say, like, look, I'm what I do outside of work is my passion, what I'm excited about and what I do to pay my bills is what I'm passionate about fulfills my purpose. That, that is not a common, it's not a common thing, like at, yeah. at all. And so the fact that you have that, that you're able to say that is, is incredible. And I hope that, you know, folks who are listening in, you know, they, they find, they find some, um, they find some encouragement in that. And it's really also just frankly, very rare for black folks to have that. T- you, you use the word uh, correctly, right? The, the perfect word for it is privilege. It's a privilege to be able to um, to be able to say that you have um, that, th- that this is your journey, right? That this is your experience, yeah. and that this is what you're able to do right now. Like that's just not that's not common. That's just not yeah. common at all. Yeah, it it really feels and it cr- it feels crazy to say privilege, just given what that word means and how often it's used. And it's sure. like you privilege, like you worked for this. I'm like, yes, I did, but you can work to earn a privilege. You know, Facts. <laughs> or you can just be born with a privilege, which is Facts. part of why I'm going into this space. But you made me think of something else that uh, I realized that this this interview process, this internal interview process. And no, I'm not about to sit here and spill all the GT, uh, but it was <laughs> the first time that I had black interviewers in my career. Hmm. And. Uh, I met with uh, a couple of black men and I'm like, yo, I've never, never in my career for an internship, for a summer job, for anything, have I interviewed formally with a black person, which is kind of crazy for me. And I've been working since 2005, internship since 2003, Mm. and never before have I had a black interviewer, which is actually insane to pro. It's still insane. It was insane when I mentioned it to you a few days back. It's, It's insane to even be saying it now. It is. No, that's insane. You're, you're hundred percent right. Like, you know, I, I've had a couple of black interviewers. Uh, let me, and let me ask you a question about that. You know, what, what, how did that feel right compared to other interviews? How did it feel? Interesting, man, because I didn't process it fully until afterwards because I was in interview mode. Sure. But I did notice that my level of like comfort, like I feel like I, I felt like I could let my guard down a little bit more. You know, I yeah. felt like I could have a little bit more rock and sway in my shoulders. Sure. There were some uh, cultural references. Now, I wasn't like talking about like Ross or anything like that in the interview, but <laughs> there were some cultural references and, and things that I could say that like, I knew that these folks would get. And then there was also a way that um, that uh, they conversed with me where I felt like, I, ah, man, I hate to put it this way, but like where I felt like I was speaking more in my natural voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you weren't code switching, right? You were able to be more of yourself. Yeah. In general, I will say, like, I also have the privilege where I, I do feel like I get to be most of myself or, you know, close to all of myself at work now because mm. there are some parts that should be left out of work for sure. sure. Like, there's sure. certain ways that I talk and say things that, like, mm-hmm. it's not appropriate for work. Right. But uh, I do feel like, you know, I get to express myself. I mean, I, I got recognized at work in a company-wide newsletter for the podcast and for the work that I've been doing with Paychecks and Balances. Like, yeah. getting that level of exposure, at, like like, that is a dream to have something that, I've been working on for years, get recognized at the day gig and have people reach out to me to, to have conversations about it and, like, and, and, and just like how much I felt seen in the process of that. That's a fantastic position to be in, which I acknowledge. And um, I, I know that's like not the experience for everyone. But even with that, still in like the interview situation, there's like and, and we all have a mode. And I think no matter what, there's a mode that we go into. But there's there's definitely a a extra level of consciousness in terms of how I'm talking, what I'm saying that I think has been the case for all of my interviews for, and for better or worse, you know, yeah. going into that mode has landed me the job in each case. I also have a streak going and I know it's going to end one day, but I, <laughs> I, I have a streak going where since I've, well, probably since 2008 for every job I've interviewed for, I've gotten, you know, and so that's why that code switching is it's 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 served me well and i think that'll tie into the conversation about uh playing the game but like looking back and thinking about like how how much more comfortable i felt in going to a team where i'm going to see more folks that look like me and i'm going to see folks from across the spectrum you sure. know just just given who's in this world sure but being able to be not the only one because i have a lot of conversations where quite frankly like one i'm the only male on the call or and then take it a step further. I'm like the only black male who's on the call. And uh, to be very clear, love the people that I work with. But like, it's like noticeable when, when you look at the at the Zoom or the uh, Google Meet squares, and it's like it's like me, and then like <laughs> and then it's like everyone else, and it's like, huh, who's the who's the chocolate chip here? You know? <laughs> yeah, you know. Not look, I'm right there with you. I, I, I think it's interesting because you know you're talking about this role, your new role. Congratulations again. It's like. You know, in DEI, like we rarely talk about the experiences of like black men specifically. And that's no shade. Yeah. It's not really like a whine or a complaint. It's just an observation of like our perspective, how we move, how we think, how we process things is unique. It is it is unique. And, uh, you know, when you're when you're in a space and, it, and you are, you know, moving with around majority white folks and majority white women, you know, it's just it's just a different it's just a different dynamic. And it's hard, it's hard for, uh, it's, well, it's, it, just, it seems historically, it's just been hard for folks to really appreciate or, or grasp that. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm often one of the, you know, one of the onlys um, in those spaces and constantly having to figure out, okay, so how do I present, you know, what, what do I say in this moment? Do I say anything? What does that look like? And, you know, I'm definitely excited for us to get into this conversation about code switching. And about just, you know, how, again, how to present in these spaces and what that, what does all that look like? What does that mean? So um, the point is I'm right there with you. Definitely been one of the chocolate chips. You know, I, I kind of compare it to when you look at like that stock image of mashed potatoes, I'm like one of them little pieces of pepper on the <laughs> butter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's uh, and I've just gotten used to it. It's just part of part of life that like that's what it's going to be like in the in the various workspaces that I move in. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited to be like, okay, like you know, more folks who look like me, or even you know, right. folks who just look different generally. Uh, just having 
more of that and having um, more of a voice because it's also a lot of the work that I did is kind of, you know, they're, they're like the roles where they're important, but they're behind the scenes. They're yes. like the faceless roles. Yes. It's kind of like that. So, so there's a certain level of advocating that you have to do for yourself, which, which that's a whole topic in itself, that the whole, like how you got to advocate and allow and be loud and, you know, social, mm. social engineer to get promoted versus right. your actual work output that's a whole other conversation right but it's nice to be like all right like you know now i'm (laughs) i have a voice on on some stuff that that feels pretty meaningful to me personally and i also know that it's it's making um a difference for like a a, a much larger company goal and it's it's not to say that that wasn't the case today but like the type of impact that i want to have uh this is what's gonna allow me to do it so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it man i mean look i'm excited about it i i can't wait well I'm just looking forward to the the experience you're going to have and then the conversations we're going to have as a result, because uh, this work is uh, it's rewarding. You said earlier, it's you know, it's it it takes a lot from you as well. Right. It's going to probably be one of the more more invested things you're going to be in part of be a part of in your career, because based on what again, like what I know you stand for, the conversations we've had, you know, there are things that you you care about and there are things that. You're going to be passionate about, and seeing how all the how, seeing how your values play out in this space will be interesting, and you're going to learn a lot about yourself in this process too. That's part of the reason I'm taking that week off to gear up, and also it's just between jobs in general. I think if you can afford to do it, even if it's just factoring in some of that vacation time, you're going to get paid if you're changing companies. If you can afford to take a few extra days off just to reset, definitely do that. Um, because yeah, I know it's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, and I know it's going to just be a a lot of learning coming up to speed, feeling like I don't know stuff. It's kind of like starting from scratch all over again, but, but starting from scratch with uh, a lot of passion. And so I I did want to talk about this concept of playing the game, because for me, that's just been how I've, at least I felt like I've been playing the game. I know how to navigate the system. There are certain ways that corporate America works. It's the institutional structure. So I I can do all of these things right. and get to where I want to go. And I've gotten there. But uh, I know that you had some thoughts around the concept of playing the game as well that we uh, initially touched on uh, a, a while back. And so when I think of playing the game, I think of navigating corporate America in such a way that, you know, you're making a positive impression, you're getting the support you need, sure. you, you have a, a career plan in place, or at least you're thinking about the next step and, and you're maneuvering and making the right connections, doing the right type of work, getting on the right type of projects, uh, working with the right type of people so that you can continue to advance. And there are certain things that, that you have to do as part of that. But I know that you had a, a different perspective when it comes to this idea of, of playing the game, of which code switching, I think, is a part of that, even though we may not think of it that directly. Yeah. So so what I think we, we did something that's important, right, was we defined the term. What do we mean when we say playing the game? Because what you're describing sounds to me like, you know, I, I, I Zachary, would categorize that as just like political acuity, like just understanding how to navigate you know, having a certain level of self-awareness, emotional intelligence, things of that nature. And then looking at the landscape, which is your corporate context, and thinking about what relationships you need to build so that you can have the, uh, the you know, a, whatever coalition you need to then help you reach those goals. Because uh, corporate is so social. So corporate America is so social and, and built on relationships and built on hierarchies and things of that nature. So, so you know, I, I'm... 
I'm on board with that. Like, I don't really, I don't think I have much to disagree with. We, we can nitpick forever, but I don't really have really anything substantial to disagree with there. I think in my experience, Rich, when people say play the game, it mostly has to do with appeasing white folks and making sure that they don't, they aren't uncomfortable with you, right? So that does go into code switching to your, so that's fair. But ultimately it's about hiding parts of yourself with the, with the goal of not creating white discomfort. So in order to get X, right? And X might be promotion or, you know, new job placement or a certain performance rating on your review or a bonus or whatever the case is, right? But it's to get, it's to get something. Uh, but it has to do with, again, like to a certain level of performative, performative behavior involved in playing the game and how, and how I've been engaged in, in, in how the, and how the conversations I've had play out, right? Like that's, that's what I'm more so speaking to. And so, yeah, my perspective is, is that, you know, black folks, black and brown folks, like we're not going to be free if we're not authentic, right? If we're not, if we're not who we are, whoever we are, if we're not who we are, we're not going to, we're not going to be satisfied. So, you know, you can hide parts of yourself and, le- and let's just say you can hide parts of yourself without you needing a therapist over time, or you can hide parts of yourself without it creating ridiculous harm for you. If, if you, if, if you can do that, then I mean, okay, then that's, that's incredible one. But ultimately, once you get X, whatever that is, you're not going to be satisfied. And then mm. also, like, I'm, I guess also, I, I'm just like, okay, and to what end, Rich? Like, okay, so I had, I, I hid my, I hid parts of myself where I made sure that I, I didn't make white folks uncomfortable um, so I could get promoted to VP. Okay, now you're a vice president. Now what are you going to do? Can you give an example of what that would look like, though? Like something where you're For making sure. folks? Yeah. So, so, like, one, just not speaking up or not... you. Or not using language that is honest about the, the moment, right? So, like, I've been oh, like, you got me already. You got me already. <laughs> I I am playing. Go on, bro. This is okay. So, so here's an example, right? Like, and I've been on this. I've been on this relatively new thing. It's probably been about a year now, year and a half, where I've been like naming harm. Like, I name the harm that people are either doing to uh, you know that I'm that's being incurred to me, or that I'm witnessing, right? So I'll say, hey, no, you're gaslighting me right now. We're having this conversation. You and I know both know the truth. You're now manufacturing something to, to make me question reality, or you're outright denying reality right now at my expense, and that's harmful and needs to stop. Or, hey, like, you know, you're gatekeeping right now, and that's harmful because X, Y, Z, and it needs to stop because blah, blah, blah. Or this is the impact your behavior is having on me, right? Like, having those kind of conversations, or at least... At least, even if I don't name them to those to those people who are creating harm, I'm at the very least naming them with myself, so that mm. I know what we. There's no question. We know what this is, right? And then, and then, yeah, like speaking up when you're when when you have an opportunity and you're seeing things that are problematic, not saying something, right? Like if someone asks you your opinion, or you know what? Guess what? Even if they don't ask you your opinion, you see something that you know is wrong. Hey, hey, uh, Bob. I'm noticing that <laughs> that 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 name is significant, <laughs> but but go on, man. But you know, hey, Bob, I'm noticing that you're saying that everyone who needs to be promoted in your group needs to have X, Y, and Z, and I'm I'm noticing that. 
Kenneth doesn't even have those things, but Jamal keeps getting passed over. But he's had these; he's been meeting these criteria for the past seven months, the past year and a half. We've passed him over for two promotion cycles, and I'm mm. I'm not clear on why we would be doing that if these are your criteria. Can you help me understand? It seems as if I don't I don't under, I just don't understand why why we would be doing that, right? Like like having those types of conversations. Um, you know, when we had these, can- we, we were doing those candid conversations, right? Like the, the, the um, real talks, you know, all the companies have been doing these little fireside chats or whatever the case yeah. is, right? So, so what does it look like, you know, in those moments to say, hey, look, my job actually isn't to educate you on your own racism. Like, these are the things that are harmful at this company. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not about to give you a bunch of emotional labor and, and put myself out there and, and cry on this call. But here's the things I like to see changed, and in fact, not even saying that on the call, tell them that you're not going to join the can, you're not going to join the fireside chat because here are the things that need to fundamentally change without without all of the the theater, right? Like, what does it look like to use your voice? And so, you know, when you say practical, that's what I mostly think about is like just being quiet. And I think a lot of folks they conflate assimilation with strategy, right? Oh well, I'm being strategic. No, you're not being strategic. You're being quiet. Right now, I'm not mm. saying I'm not saying that you don't I'm not saying that you talk all the time. Like to be clear, like there are times you there's time to speak and there's time not to speak. Right? You don't and you, and, and you don't have to say everything to everybody. Right. At 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 every moment. Right. But I'm also saying, well, you at, at some point you got to say something, and it should be meaningful and it should be honest. And and I, I don't see that a lot. Like I don't see that a lot from black and brown folks and. I'm not going to shame black and brown folks for trying to survive in majority white spaces, but at the same time, don't stick your nose up at folks who have the courage to speak and don't think that you're better than because you're choosing not to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that one really resonates because I think about how a lot of meetings have gone and I feel like, you know, uh, group meetings, team meetings, I, I have my moments, but I do tend to be more one of the folks who's more on the quiet side, not because I'm not engaged. Like I'm very much engaged in the conversation. I'm also an introvert. So I do some processing mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. but there are times where, uh, in the past where I've like, something hasn't been quite right. And so, or like I, I wanted to call something out and I've gotten better at it. And I think even how I've gotten better at it might actually be part of playing the game in terms of like the wording that I choose to use instead of like sure. the wording that's actually on my mind. I've had times where I'm like, uh, like I could jump in, but I was like, uh, I don't want to seem like, you know, like I don't, I don't want to come off as I think I'm known for being pretty like pleasant and lighthearted, which I actually am. But there are times where I'm like, I don't want to intimidate, you know, I don't want, (laughs) I don't want to make this person feel like it. And and it's not the general, I don't want to make a person feel like it's like something like as like a black male with like some bass in the voice. It's like, I don't want this person to feel like I need to be more delicate with. So that's something that I kind of just do subconsciously and, and automatically. But as you were talking, I'm like, yo, that's like, that's like exactly what it is. I'm, and I'm just used to it. Like I'm just programmed to do it, but that is exactly it. You're a pensive dude, right? So like you take your time, you think you're absorbing, you're processing. And then, you know, you, you want to, when things that when it's time to speak, you speak, it's, I think my, I think my, my critique is more so on like, (sighs) I'm gonna just say it. So when you say when you what you just said, I don't you know he's like I, I say this I don't want to seem like this or I don't want to come across like that is like the the sad part is that I believe anyway <laughs> <laughs> the 
that a lot of white folks have already made up their mind about whoever it is you are, right? So like, you know, you're not going to convince them that you're one of the good ones if like, you can't hide, I guess is my point, right? So, and I think for me, it's like, I've been in situations, right, where like I've come in wearing the same clothes. Like, okay, to be clear, like I, I haven't really stopped. I've dressed the same at work my entire career, which is blazers, button downs, pocket squares. Now, of course, with the panoramic, Ain't nobody going outside. But I'm just saying, imagine yeah. before that, right? I was outside. And look, there'd be times I'd walk in and someone someone would dress like I'm dressed, talking like I t- talking like I talk, speaking how I speak, uh, <laughs> would ask me if I graduated from high school. Uh wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask me if I graduated from high school. Would be shocked that, you know, that I'm called me very articulate several times over, right? Still? So that hasn't, no one, so people have not questioned, people haven't questioned my, if I graduated from from high school or college in about, that's been some years. People have not called me articulate in, I'm going to say, two or three years. That's still too recent because I was speaking on that in 2008. Like, I actually almost made a site called The Articulate Black Guy. (laughs) (laughs) That was almost a site. I'm. Man, I let me let me write this URL down just so I can just you need go to, cop man. that real quick because yeah, that, that was a whole thing. But go on, brother. Well, no, so so my, my my point just is that, you know, people are gonna people have made up about you whatever it is, right? Like you are for black men, I I equate us to like, you know, like an intelligent bear, like a bear who can talk. An intelligent bear. <laughs> let me explain what I mean, right? So, you know, let's just say, Rich, that you knew a bear. And that I'm a grizzly bear, but the bear was intelligent. Like it, it wore clothes. It could speak English, and like it had ideas, dreams, hopes. Right? You, that bear, would seek to have conversations with you. Y'all might, you know, he might want to go out to eat, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, no matter how intelligent that bear is, no matter how well spoken that bear is, rich in the back of your mind, that's still a bear, bro. Like, so mm. y'all are going to have these conversations and y'all are going to be, he's going to want to joke and laugh and, you know, hang out with, 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 with lifey, right? Well, hang out with <laughs> And you're going to be like, I mean, this is cool and all, but you can still murder me at any, you can maul me to death at any point in time. So look, I could continue on with the uh, analogy. My point is, is that that's how I really think about how, um, how white folks see us as black men and black people in general in corporate America is we're not human the ways they experience or, or think humans human. We're, we're not, we're fundamentally not that. And so my point is, is like, okay, we know this. So instead of trying to convince them of something, just be yourself. Cause they're going to make up whatever conclusion they have about you anyway. Now, does that mean I'm saying you should show up, you know what I'm saying? Like with uh swishes in your hand and, you know, <laughs> cussing people out and, uh, you know, shooting dice yeah. in the bathroom. No, I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying <laughs> just shooting <laughs> dice, though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if I saw, if I went into like one of like the little micro kitchens or something at work <laughs> and saw people playing dice. Yeah, saw people playing dice on the counter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pick that up. That's mine. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so funny. That would be great. <laughs> I'd be shocked to see something like that. Um, but yeah, no, that, 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 that'd be a funny thing. But my point, like my point just is, is like, be at peace with yourself and understand that like, you know, 
whatever they're going to do or whatever they're going to say, however they're going to feel is largely out of your control. So use the time and the voice that you have for what it's worth, which is something. Like it's like your your voice is probably truly rich, like and find it like I love paychecks and balances. I love it. Financial literacy is so important. I also think that the gaps, the economic gaps are so wide, right? Like I'm I'm not a big like black capitalist. Like that's not my thing, right? I, I'm gonna always believe that our voice is the most powerful thing we have and on an individual scale and a collective scale. Yes, we can come together and do things with the dollar. I have a bunch of ideas around NFT and crypto and stuff like that, that if we mobilize together, we could do like as a community, we could do things. But what I'm saying is like our voice, our voice is the biggest thing. And so it's about like figuring out, okay, what is your voice? What is it that you believe? And then how do you then share that perspective? And, and how do you, how do you wield that voice in times where it matters and where it's important? Like that's, that's, that's what's on my mind a lot. Now, my thought, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, can those things be at, at odds? So what you're saying, because I've all, my, my whole thing for years now is, is if I feel like I can't be close to my full self at work, I don't need to be working there. If me doing a podcast, if me blogging, if me speaking, if that's an issue with what I do at work, that's not a place that I want to work. If I'm judged because based on like my shoes and you know how often I'm stopping at men's warehouse, I don't know if people still do that. Uh, and picking up suits and things like if that's how I'm judged, if that's the main thing, like, you know, I worked at a place where as a salesperson, uh, you were out of line with the uh, dress code if you didn't wear a white or blue dress shirt and a tie. Like they make you be like, oh, like that color's a little too crazy. You need to go change that shirt. Like I've, I've worked in a place like that hmm. and, I, and I'll never work in a, in a place like that um, again. Yeah. You know, but just because it's so restricting, but I, I think where I'm, where I'm going with this is let's say, you know, you are outwardly who you are at work. It doesn't jive with the culture. And so the, the easy answer may be, okay, then you need to go get a new job, but like looking for a job, like looking for a job is hard. Yes. It's hard. Yes. What I'm, what I'm not ignorant of is that like what I'm saying is sounds very, um, aspirational. And Rich, honestly, I'm probably speaking from a position of privilege. I know you used that word earlier, and I'm going to use it for myself. Is Because, Rich, I've never had a challenge getting a job either, right? I'm not about to say it in no boastful way. I just, I just, yeah, I, you know, it's, that's, that's not a problem for me. It's like I'm happy to be like, oh, okay, well, shoot, it's been 18 months anyway. It's time for me to, by the time we hit the old dusty trail, any, anywho. And so, <laughs> but I still think it's worth pursuing and thinking about. It's like, look, if you can't look yourself in the mirror and be happy with who you are, or you can't go to bed with a clear conscience because of some stuff that went down at work or kind of, cause, cause we all internalize and feel things differently. Right. Like if yeah. you can't, then you just, then you shouldn't work there. And like, if the issue is, okay, we got to find another, I got to find another job and find another job is hard. Yo, first of all, I'm sure paychecks and balance has dope content about, about that, but also no plug like check out living corporate we have all kinds of content about personal brand hit me up specifically i can point you in the direction of career consultants and resume folks like like it's not hard y'all and i think and i think as as i look at when when, when i say it's not hard what i'm saying is the action of putting making yourself brand like brand, improving your brand is not as hard as you think it is now yeah what i will say though is that like you know let's look let's let's look back at the past year this whole year the year of covid over five hundred thousand people have died. Mm. Millions of people and families have been impacted, right? You think about 500,000 people who have died. That's how many people has that, has each of those 500,000 folks touched? 
So it's millions of lives who've been changed forever. And all those people had career goals and things they had they wanted to do. And, you know, they all had various levels of, you know, comfort or discomfort with how they showed up at work. And I just, for me, Rich, I just think I was, I was already off this code switching thing like back in 2016. But for show, for show, now I'm just trying to be as free as possible, man, because life is so fragile. It's yeah. short. You know what's crazy about this? I, and I've been saying this a lot as I've been coincidentally talking to people at work, but I was thinking about this past year and how much movement we're probably going to see internally and even at other companies where we've had a year to sit around and be like, is this the life I want? Like, is this really what I want to be doing? Right, right. And I think people are probably even feeling more empowered while this has really sucked, but a lot of people have started businesses because they've had more time or just by virtue of being home. People have started hobbies. People have picked up new skills from online courses and training. So I think a lot of people are ready and and acknowledging their capabilities in a way that they haven't done before. But it, it's, it, it is still difficult to take that first step of like, I need to make this move. Like I got everything together. Like I need to actually leave. But there's another piece of it that I did want to hit. I wanted to get your thoughts on. And that's around the investment itself. And I thought about this as I was just mentioning completing courses and, and, and th there's a lot of free resources out there. I know you, with your whole content network, there's just a, a, a ton of resources, but sometimes, you know, it is worth, you know, picking up a, a subscription for like a LinkedIn learning, Agreed. which I do before interviews to uh, take courses around the skills or areas where I'm not as strong. So if I hear certain terminology or phrases or things come up, or at least I have a framework in mind to be able to talk through a problem that's going to be relatable to the person that I'm interviewing with, who is likely an expert in that particular area, I think it's worth making some of those investments in self, whether it's picking up something like that or or taking a course. I'm not going to say you need to go as far as getting your master's, right? but I, I think a lot of people uh, also struggle with that concept of making a financial investment in self in order to be able to make that move or, or in order to be able to move in spaces where they can be more of who they are and work on more of the type of things that excite them. So 100% is that, and to your point, even around living corporate is, yeah, there's plenty of free content on there. And at the same time, like the hosts, like Tristan Layfield, as an example, you know, he's a career coach. He's a resume coach. So you would have to pay, right? And, and I, I believe in that. I believe, you know, when you think about these coaches, the prices are not exorbitant, right? Like, you know, yeah. and, and there's websites and all kinds of stuff. You can look up all the reviews, take the time and drop the 50 or $60 to have somebody really walk you through how you need to present yourself, walk you through your resume, walk you like a hundred percent investing in self is important. And I think some of it has to do with, with capitalism is this idea of just consuming things and looking for things to, to buy. Um, and, and not necessarily spending the time to then pour back into yourself, right? Like, I'm going to go back because I really find it admirable that you have a therapist because it's something we don't talk about enough at all as black men, normalizing therapy, normalizing having a therapist. Like, that's money, Rich. Like, that costs you, t that's money and it's time. That's $185 a session. But I, I do submit that through my benefits so I get part of that back, you know? Yeah, so <laughs> but, re but respect, respect. That's an initial invest. Like that is a line item out of my budget every month. 
Exactly. Right. And that's investing in yourself. And you got to think about the R like, you know, I know you talk about our ROI on here all the time. The ROI of that of that money is huge. In fact, it's incalculable. It's incalculable. The benefit is incalculable because it's how you process you navigating your job, how you process challenges with lifey. You see, I said lifey, not wifey. Yo, keep that yeah, in. Yeah. Don't edit me. Okay. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, how you process and how you think about, you know, just 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 the day to day. Like, that's huge. Like, you can't you can't um, put a price tag on that. And honestly, you can't really put a price tag on spend investing in yourself for your career because there's something to be said about like, you know, you don't know what what that what that career coach is going to tell you, what you might pick up from what you might pick up from an online learning session that might yeah. re- like genuinely holistically change the entire way that you move. And who's to say what that looks like as it pertains to like career earnings over time? Like you don't know. And so, you know, like take the time, right? Like it's easy. Like just it's easy to it's easy to think that it's like, man, that's too much money or that's this, that's that's this, that, and that's third. And that's like you not eating out like twice, right? Yeah. Don't eat out twice and see where you're at, right? Like yeah. take the time and do it. And like, yo, I'm serious. If anyone is hearing this and doesn't have, like, it's like, look, I'm literally destitute. Like I can't do it or like, because yeah, life is life is hard, right? So there might be actual extenuating circumstances. If that's the case, email me at Zach at living-corporate.com and I will, I will, I got you. Hit me up. I directly will help you because it's worth that, bro. I will not. I will not. <laughs> no, because I no, really, look, my passion is around the people, man. I love the people. Like, if you can show me your stub and it's like, I literally can't afford the $30. I can't afford the $40. I will help you. For real. I don't, it doesn't bother me. For real, I'll, I'll do it because I, I, I'm, I'm 100% committed to to this, right? I think that black and brown folks, like we've just, this this is such a unique season. Like we're in such a unique time and space where actually our voices are going to be at least, at least in this in the space of folks not wanting to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna That's hear fruit, but yeah. That, right, but I'm but I'm saying like people are going to hear us. They're going to, they're going to at least give us a chance in ways that they wouldn't have given us a chance. That's what bl- black bodies being going viral for being brutalized by the state. That's what it does. It gives us, they, they see our humanity just a little bit more. And so you owe it to yourself to invest in yourself all the time, but certainly in this season. So, I mean, I'm right there with you, Rich. I think, you know, you got to do it. I've yet to see anyone regret it. No, I even have a, a leadership coach, brother that I've been working with. Shout out to Kayvon, but brother that I've been working with for, I mean, it's probably, feels like it's probably about eight months now. And, and that's been invaluable in terms of even just how I navigate and respond to situations. Like th- there's definitely stuff that I've responded to. If, if I would have responded to old Rich Ray, <laughs> <laughs> probably wouldn't have gone so well, but you know, just even be able to step away, meditate, you know, come back to it real quick and then actually say what needs to be said and, mm-hmm. and take some of the emotion out of it. That's mm-hmm. been valuable as well. So I, I think that's a, a good takeaway and a, and a good place to close this chapter and uh, knowing that uh, there's going to be a lot more for us to talk about, especially as I move further into this space, have more career oriented conversations on the podcast. And then to be clear, like we, we, we still talk in money and personal finance, but it, it's kind of hard to separate work and money, you know, like, cause for <laughs> most people, like your yeah. primary source of income is your day job. So definitely going to lean into that 
a lot more going forward. But Zach, great having you back on the podcast. I know I'm going to have you back on again, but appreciate you joining me. And I know you talked about Living Corporate. You might have, and you've said livingcorporate.com, but tell people where they can find you elsewhere to get all the goods because you're on like every freaking platform and I'm still salty about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's living dash corporate, please say the dash.com, right? So if you do, you know, living then a dash or a hyphen and then corporate or you do live in corporate.co live in corporate.tv live in corporate.org.us you know what i'm saying dot fm we got that finally dot tv we're out here man we don't seo man seo so so you know here's the thing if you just hit up if you just type in living corporate i'm not about to give you all a bunch of domains and i know rich knows the game he's gonna put a few links in the show notes but look if you just type in living corporate on your search engine we'll pop up all right and get at me just get at me um I'm excited about this about this space. I'm excited about career. I'm excited about marginalized people. I'm excited about centering and amplifying black and brown folks at work. This is this is my this is my jam, and I, I live for this. So, uh, Rich, it's been a pleasure, man. I, thank you. I can't wait to come back. Appreciate it, man. Y'all, it has been such a good season in life, and I'm looking forward to keeping it going. So thanks to Zach for coming on the podcast to join me in sharing this good news and for the candid perspective on basically everything. And I'm looking forward to working with him a lot more and supporting all the good stuff that he's doing over at Living Corporate. So be sure to check out that platform, conglomerate, network, all of the stuff that he has going on over there. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with your network or at the very least someone that needs it because the more people we reach, the more people we help, And if you haven't already, download my free five-step guide to changing your day job at changeyourdayjob.com because it's time to make that move. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be safe. I'm out. Peace.